justice, the scepter of your throne. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Brother Joseph, amen, and today is June the 28th, 2020, glory to God. And uh, I want to welcome everyone this morning to the broadcast. Um, today, like I said, we're going to get into the Word, amen. we got a lot of scriptures to cover, as we always do. And uh, I wanted to start out talking uh, in a minute, uh, just give it another minute or so, and then we'll start I'm just waiting on some more people here. I have a lot, like I said, to cover. I... Uh, I, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of a little bit uh, beside myself. What I mean is, you know, there's a matter that that I'm weighing before the Lord and how to handle the matter dealing with brothers and sisters. Amen. And uh, it's uh, it just has me a little bit stunned, if you will. But uh, anyway. Like I said, it's uh, another day in the Lord, amen, and uh, God is still alive, and he's on the throne, amen, and hopefully on the throne of your heart, amen. All right. Hallelujah, Father. I thank you, Lord God, for this precious time, for this precious opportunity, Father. I thank you for those that are partaking today, Lord God, and those that will partake in the future, Father. I thank you for your precious Holy Spirit, Father God, as we stand here in your presence, Father, as representatives, Father God, Representatives, Father, and breaking this bread down, Father God, and bringing forth the spirit of truth to your word, Father God, and help us understand, helping us understand, Lord God, what your spirit is saying to the church and why it's so important, Father, Father, for us to sanctify our lives unto you, Father God, for this, for the greater work, O oh God, the greater will of God, amen, the will, in other words, the perfect will of God in our lives. I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, Father, for allowing me this opportunity to break this bread down for your people. We bless you. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so <clears throat> today uh, I want to talk about something that's very clear in the Word of God about what God is trying to do, right? And it says in Exodus 19.6, right? And ye shall be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Hang on, let me restart with verse 5. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, all right. Then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all the people, for all the earth is mine. Amen. So in other words, God selectively chose a, 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 a people. Amen. Everybody was his. He could have chosen anybody he wanted, but he chose <clears throat> Israel, a peculiar treasure. And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, these are the words that thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Amen. So these are the words that he wants us to speak unto the children of Israel. Hallelujah. And uh, <clears throat> now if you take that scripture and you tie it in with uh, 1 Peter 2.9. Okay. 1 Peter 2.9. I encourage you to follow along with me as, as close as you can with these scriptures. Amen. It's very important, amen, that uh, that you guys are understanding, amen. Now, I want to read, uh, start with verse, 1 Peter 2, 6. I'm going to read all the way down through, well, we're going to read this twice. I want to read it in the message translation because 
Uh, it's very, very powerful, amen. Very enlightening. All right, so let me post this up now. These are the next set of scriptures, if you will. Amen. So it says here, Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Amen. If you believe in him, you're not going to be confounded. Amen. And uh, the word confounded here, all right, Confounded here, verse First Peter two six. Confounded is a Greek word, kata kataiskono, to shame down, to disgrace, to put to the blush. Amen. So we're not going to be confounded. He that believes on Him, in other words, as the Scripture says, despising the shame, Jesus looked down on all the shame of the people that were around Him in the, in the time that He was alive. Even so. It, we, we, we don't have to be shameful, amen, for, for serving the Lord. Now unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the, the stone which the builders allowed, the same has become the head of the corner. A stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, right? And, and we see that today very clearly, that people still stumble at the word of God, amen. And to stumble is to strike at, that is to surge against to stub on, to trip up. So they're still stumbling on the word, amen, stumbling on the principles of the kingdom of God and what God is saying in the earth today. The world is stumbling, obviously. The carnal Christian stumbles. He doesn't understand. Being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But you, all right, tying this in with Exodus chapter 19, are <clears throat> a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who had called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. Now, I want to read that again, but I want to start from uh, verse 7, and we're going to read from the message translation. I want you to hear this. All right. Mm. Uh, verse 7 here again. To you who trust him, he's a stone to be proud of. But to those who refuse to trust him, right? Those who refuse to trust him, um, <clears throat> let's see here. The stone the workman threw out is now the chief foundation stone. Talking about Jesus, right? For the untrusting, it's a stone to trip over. Those that don't trust the Lord, amen. A boulder blocking the way. And see, when you're involved as a carnal Christian, you're basically in your life saying, I don't trust you, God, to do what you say you're going to do in your word. I don't trust you, Father, that, <clears throat> that you're going to look out for me. And, and as your word says, <clears throat> excuse me. I know your word says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to me, but I don't trust you, Lord God. And so the scripture says that that because we don't trust him, it, it, you, we're, we keep tripping up, right, because we're carnal. We keep involving, tinking over our own lives and thinking we know best about this world and its perversion. It says they trip and fall because they refuse to obey just as predicted. But you are the chosen ones of God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instrument to do his work and speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you. From nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. Amen. Friends, this world is not your home. So don't make yourselves cozy with it. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. Live an exemplary life among the natives so that your actions will refute their prejudices, right? They'll, then they'll be won over to God's side and be there to join the celebration when he arrives. Amen? Now, <clears throat> I want to continue reading here because I want you all to see this now in the next section. Verse 13. Make the masters proud of you. By being good citizens, respect the authorities, whatever their level. 
They are God's emissaries for keeping order, praise God. Without order, there's chaos, amen. It is God's will that by doing good, you might cure the ignorance of the fools who think you are a danger to society. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Exercise your freedom by serving God, not by breaking the rules. Amen. Treat everyone you meet with dignity. Love your spiritual family. Revere God. Respect the government. Amen. Respect the government. You who are servants, be good servants to your masters, not just to good masters, but also to bad ones. Who, what, God, what counts is that you put up with it for God's sake when you're being treated, treated badly for no reason, right? There is no particular virtue in accepting punishment that you well deserve, but if you're treated badly for good behavior and continue in spite of it, being, in spite of it to be a good servant, that is what, God, that is what counts with God. This kind of life that you've been invited to, the life, the kind of life Christ lived, he suffered everything that came his way so you would know that it could be done and also know how to do it step by step. He never did one thing wrong, not once said anything amiss. Lord of God. They called him every name in the book and said nothing back. He suffered in silence. May we suffer in silence, Lord God. Content to let God set things right. See, he trusted the Lord, amen. And God put it right, glory to God. He used his servant body to carry our sins to the cross so we could be rid of sin, free to live the right way. His wounds became your healing. You were lost sheep with no idea who you were or where you were going. Now you're named and kept for good by the shepherd of your souls, amen. And uh, that was in the message translation. And I wanted to read that because there's a lot of uh, statements there. And first of all, respect authority, amen. And, you know, whatever you're dealing with, it, with your bosses and stuff at work, whether they're good or bad to you, put up with it. And don't speak out against authority. Don't speak out against anyone. Don't speak evil of anyone, right? Now, I read all that because I wanted to share here something called the bondage of corruption, right? And this is found in Romans chapter 8, verse 21. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Now, <clears throat> you know, the thing that I thought about is that in witnessing the world and witnessing the carnal Christian, you know, they continue to come back into that bondage of corruption, right? As I said earlier, they can't continue to stumble. They don't trust God with their lives. They don't want to lean on the word only, amen, and not lean on their experiences, not lean on their feelings, not lean on what so-and-so said, not lean on the world and its sources and what it's saying, right? The scripture calls the enemy um, the prince of the power of the air, right? He's the one ruling all this information that's getting fed into the lives and the ears and the hearts of the people, right? He's making them believe a lie, and they're trusting in that lie, and therefore they're full of fear, right? They're full of chaos and confusion. There's certain sections of our states and the United States here that have no order. There's chaos. They don't want to touch the people because, you know, in other words, we might get sued or whatever. What, what, what happened, amen? Well, the enemy came and has been sowing these seeds of corruption, right? These seeds that are corrupt, as it says, the bondage of corruption. Now, corruption here is slavery bondage, the condition of a slave. All right? When, you're, when something is corrupt, it's dest destruction, it's perishing. That which is subject to corruption, that which is perishable. Now, decay that is ruined is what it says in the Strong's, spontaneously or inflicted reality or figuratively. Literally, I'm sorry, inflicted literally or figuratively. And it's translated as corruption, destroy, and perish. So, what... So, I'm sorry, that was the word, the word bondage is a slavery, and then the word corruption was the word, again, to, to perish or to decay. Now, when I read that and when I was thinking about that, I was thinking about that, as a matter of fact, last night. I was thinking about the bondage of corruption. Why in the world would you want to go back to the world and its beggary elements, right? Why would you want to revert back to the world? Why do you want to go back to every, Egypt, body of Christ? Why do you want to go back to Egypt, Right? As the scripture says, woe unto them that go into Egypt and ask for help. Mm. 
Verse 22, 1 Peter 1, 22, Seeing ye have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So here again, we see the word corruptible seed, right? And this corruptible seed, as I'm going to say here, is the word decayed again, perishable. When something is decayed or perishable, in the, in, as a matter of fact, in the Webster, it says, having fallen from a good or sound state, impaired, weakened, diminished. Isn't it interesting that if seed is kept and it's not properly stored, it'll ruin, it'll come to ruin, it'll be decayed, destroyed, it'll perish. Therefore, it has no power to reproduce again. But the Word of God says that, <clears throat> that this Word of God that we have lives and abides forever. Amen? Forever in your heart, forever producing that kingdom of God, forever producing and speaking forth and witnessing of the kingdom of God in your heart and in your spirit. Amen? So it says here again that being born again, not a corruptible seed, right? And so why in the world would we want to go back to, to the world? <laughs> now, in the King James in 1 Corinthians 10, 20, But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that you should have fellowship with devils, right? You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? Wow. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? Amen. Now, in the message translation, I want to read that in the message now. Do you see the difference? Sacrifices offered to idols are offered to nothing. That's what idols are. They're nothing but a nothing. Or worse than nothing, a minus, a demon. I don't want you to become part of something that reduces you to less than yourself in the Lord. Amen. And you can't have it both ways, banqueting with the master one day and slumming with demons the next. Besides, the master won't put up with it. He wants us all or nothing. Don't you think you can't? Don't you think you can get off with anything else? Wow. So, again, this corruptible seed and what it produces, right? It causes you to stumble. It causes you to trust in yourself, right? It causes you to be able to judge everything based on what you're hearing, not checking with the Word. Amen. We got to go back to the foundation of the Word of God and everything we're hearing and, and partaking of. And if it's not in the Word of God, then we shouldn't be partaking of it. Bottom line. Now, 1 Corinthians 15, 50, and we're going to read all the, word, all the way to verse 58. Let me post that for you all. Praise God. Mm. Now, we're reading this in the message translation. It says here, I need to emphasize, friends, that our natural earthly lives don't in themselves lead us by their very nature into the kingdom of God. Their very nature is to die. So how could they naturally end up in the life kingdom? And by the same token, the works of the flesh, right? Which the scripture said, flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God. All this carnality is not going to be a part of the eternal, is not a part of the eternal resurrected life of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. See, because everything is already set to die. That's why what the world is producing, right, and the product that it produces, the music, the movies, the books, the art, the philosophy, right, all this knowledge, their knowledge system and where they're coming from and what they're slanted towards, everything that is coming, where it's coming from, the source, right, a man's confession, right, is a result of his belief. A man's belief is a result of his thinking, and a man's thinking is a result of his knowledge, and there's only two sources, God or the devil. So wherever this world and its perversion and what it came forth with, right, as the scripture says, 
the things which the Gentiles sacrifice are sacrificed to devils and not to God. So all the work that the world is doing is corruptible seed. It's causing you to trust in something else other than God. It's causing you to make the judgment for yourself that you know better outside of God's word. It's called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Versus the tree of life, which is Jesus Christ, which is the stumbling stone. You see, the chief cornerstone. They stumble at it, but it's our foundation in the kingdom of God. Amen? Mm. All right, now. <clears throat> so again, how can you lean on anything that's already corrupted, right? Because it's going to die anyway. Hmm. Verse 51 in the message again. But let me tell you something wonderful. A mystery I'll probably never fully understand. We're not all going to die, but we are all going to be changed. You hear a blast to end all blasts from a trumpet. And in the time that you look up and blink your eyes, it's over. On signal from that trumpet from heaven, the dead will be up and out of their graves. Beyond the reach of death, never to die again at the same moment in the same way we will all be changed. You see, so what? So when the trumpet is blasted, the dead are going to rise first, and then that which is going to is set to die anyway, you see, is going to be changed instantly. So in other words, the corruptible is going to die, this natural man, this body, and in the instant, boom, resurrected back. Glorious, glorious, glorified body. All right? In the resurrection scheme of things, this has to happen. Everything perishable taken off the shelves and replaced by the imperishable, imperishable, this mortal replaced by the immortal. Then the saying will come true. Death swallowed up, swallowed by triumphant life. Death swallowed by triumphant life. Just like that. Triumphant life is swallowing death. Right? It's going to swallow. It is swallowed. See, in your life, if you're walking as a dead man, that death swallowed up. You don't even consider it. That resurrected man, that life-given spirit in our lives, that life, that light, that love, that is the life of God in our hearts and in our spirit, immediately just soaks it up, man. It can't, you can't tempt a dead man, you see? <clears throat> Now, verse 55, who got the last word, O death? O death, who's afraid of you now? Amen. It was sin that made death so frightening. And law code guilt that gave sin its leverages, its destructive power. Sin is what causes death to be so frightening. Because if you're not in the Lord and you die, you're going to be you're going to face corruption forever. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Because this word is eternal. God's judgment is eternal. His word is eternal. Amen? These words are eternal words. It was sin that made death so frightening and law code guilt that gave sin its leverages, leverage its destructive power. But now in a single victorious stroke of life, all three, sin, guilt, death, are gone. The gift of our master, Jesus Christ. Thank God. Hallelujah. With all this going back, going for us, my dear, dear friends, stand your ground and don't hold back. Throw yourselves into the work of the master, confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. Now, I'm not talking about being religious, right, and activities, religious activities, I'm talking about go and preach the kingdom of God. Amen. I'm, call, I'm talking about the kingdom of God is now. I'm talking about proclaim with evidence. Amen. This kingdom of God. Now verse, <clears throat> Romans chapter 8 verse 12. I don't know if I posted that last passage. Let me post that up for y'all. Yes, I did. If you have any questions or comments, amen, make sure and plug them in. Amen. We'll get to them. Praise God. Romans chapter 8, verse 12. Amen. Praise God. 
Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. Amen. We don't owe the flesh anything, so don't serve the flesh. For if we live after the spirit, we, sh I'm sorry, if we live after the flesh, we shall die. Right? Because that's, that's the course that the flesh is going to go. It dies. Whatever's produced of the carnal man is dead. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Because in the Spirit is where eternity, it's where life is, it's where Zoe is, the life of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. He's saying that those that are mortifying the deeds of the body, these are the sons of God. These are the fully mature. For you have not received the Spirit of bondage again to fear. But ye have received the spirit of adoption where we, we, by cry, we cry, Abba, Father. We've received this internal, eternal kingdom. Internal, eternal kingdom. Amen. Forever and ever and ever, perpetually, 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 living after that life of God, day in and day out of our lives, forever. Just because we're going to be with the Lord does not mean we're not going to be still living from that life of God. It's the very power that sustains you in your spirit. In him was life, and the life was the life. It causes you to comprehend, see, and understand. Now, of course, you gotta, you have to want to understand, right? If you don't want to understand, if you don't want to know what the Lord is saying, what he's doing, what he's trying to tell us to do, what his will is in the earth, if you don't want to know what it is, then don't hear. Stay in the corruption. <clears throat> Galatians chapter 4. 8-9. Praise God. Praise God. Howbeit then, when we knew not God, ye did service unto them by which nature are no gods. But now, after that ye have known God, or rather known of God, how turn you again to the weak and beggarly elements whereunto you desire again to be in bondage? How can you go back and into that life of bondage? Amen. Where you're worried and struggling, you're full of doubt and unbelief. Sickness and disease is a part of your life. Poverty is a part of your life. There is no peace, amen, because there is, you don't have the government of the word of God in your life. This law is our government, this word, this, these ordinances, these principles, these truths, these eternal seeds, right? Incorruptible seeds. These are the government in our life. This is God's government. This is Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. This word, amen, is our eternal judgment. This word is eternal. Now, question. Do you want to be a part of corruptible seed, the world, or would you rather partake of the spirit of adoption where we, whereby we cry, Abba, Father? That's the choice. Who do you want to serve, right? As Joshua said, but as, me, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And I say the same thing. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Glory to God. This carnal Christian constantly trips up the body of Christ everywhere you go. Not to mention in our leadership, man. Oh, my God. And I don't want to <clears throat> divulge anything except that, you know, I recently was involved in something and I expected, you know, a godly event, if you will. But, you know, when you flip back to the world and you partake of the world and this perversion, as it says, you cannot be the cup. You cannot drink the cup of devils and the cup of God. There's, there is no other option. It's my way, says the Lord. Because my way is eternal. And anyway, it just really, it really, it really hurt me. It really disappointed me as the Son of God. And, uh, and I'm hoping that, that the Lord, you know, will skillfully allow me to cut that carnal, carnality out. Amen. Now, Let's go ahead and get into our outline, amen. Praise God. Amen. We must, we must, we must, amen. Continue to follow after the Lord. Continue to trust the Lord, amen. Don't lose 
your heart. Don't get, you know, don't get dissuaded. You know, don't get persuaded back to the world. Don't follow the world. Don't think about the world. Don't listen to their perversion. Amen. God is faithful, man. He's going to honor his word. What? All right. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray, Lord God, that you would give us a heart, Father, to follow after this incorruptible seed daily in our lives, Father. I pray, Lord God, that our hearts will be soft and pliable continuously, Father God. I bless you, God. I bless you for your faithfulness, O oh God, and how that you're not a man that you should lie, and neither the son of man that you should repent, Father. For you, if you said it, Father God, you're going to do it. Amen. And Lord God, I bless you, Lord God, for my precious brothers and sisters that are partaking. Again, Lord God, now that we're going to get into the outline, Father, I pray that you would open our eyes that we might see, Lord God, what your spirit and what your word are saying to us in Jesus' name. All right, so talking about now, we've been talking about patience, right? And and the two types of patience, right? We got macrothemia, which is one of the fruits of the, of the spirit, which means long-suffering. And then you got hupomene, which means constancy. Constancy, 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 you see? Faithfulness, reliability, fidel, staying with it, amen, not giving up regardless of what's going on around us. And then why, why do we have need of patience? What is the deal? Well, first of all, it stabilizes your soul. If you're long-suffering, right, one form of patience, right, you're, 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 you're able to put up with. And then on top of that, working with you is consistency, right, hupomene, which means constant. Staying with the word, staying with prayer, staying with, you know, interceding for your brothers and sisters, staying in that place of praying down, amen, that governmental prayer, man, as Brother Jeff has been sharing the past few weeks. Staying with the word, amen, staying with that place where you say no to the devil, I bind you, Satan, I bind your perversion, I bind sickness, I bind disease, I say no to poverty, I say no to ignorance, I say no to methane, drunkenness and foolishness, I say no to pharmacon, to all the drugs of this world, and these illegal drugs and all this stuff that's being produced from the carnal man, which is already judged, which it's already damned because it's going to die. It will be no more. I say no to all that. Amen. I say no to those perversions of Satan. And without patience, you're not going to gain experience in the Lord. You're not going to see that every time you've went through a trial or test, and come out on the other side, glorifying the Lord by not altering your confession, by not whining, by not complaining, by not getting back in doubt and get back in faith, by not being unstable, right? A double-minded man is un double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, right? So you're gonna get away from that, amen. You're gonna gain experience, amen. And that's in Romans chapter 5, right? We know that the word comes, right? Faith comes, because Jesus said, uh, and then Satan comes, right? Satan comes immediately to take away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now, <clears throat> amen. Praise God. Let me read this out of Romans. And not only so, verse 3, but we glory in tribulations also. See, a son or daughter of God is not intimidated that they're going through a trial because they know God is faithful. As long as they keep their hearts right and keep their faith toward God and the Word of God, amen, not faith toward stuff. Faith toward God, faith toward the Word of God. So, and not only so, but we grow in glory and tribulations also know that tribulation, tribulation work, works hupomene, constancy. And hupomene works experience and experience hope. And hope makes not a shame. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. We know without a shadow of doubt that God loves this royal priesthood. God loves his holy nation. As a matter of fact, he paid the price through Jesus Christ by allowing him to be crucified so that the price could be paid so that there was no longer an offense between God and humanity. So long as they accept that chief cornerstone in their lives, and allow their lives to be conformed to the image of His Son, amen, as we partake of that glory day in and day out of our lives. Amen? Mm. 
Now, so pay, patience is what undergirds your faith toward God. The constancy in your life, the macrothemia in your life is what keeps you girded with strength and faith, right? Strong in the Lord and the power of his might, amen? And, with, and if you don't have that, then you're back and forth, flipping and flopping. A double-minded, a dipsucos, twice-soulish man is unstable in all his ways. So patience is a stabilizing factor, man. It's what stays there because we know that he's faithful and he cannot deny himself. God is faithful, right? That cheap cornerstone is never going to be moved. It's not going to move or alter to this world and to its views and philosophies and to its knowledge and to its cures. You see what I'm saying? That cheap cornerstone is stable. Amen? And that love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. The, the experience of knowing that God loves you and he's faithful to your word, to his word. So patience is activated when your faith comes under attack or pressure. You see? Immediately. The soul has a choice at that moment. Go with my knowledge and what I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing, what I know, or go with the Lord, amen, in his word. I'm going to go with the word, amen, because I know that that chief cornerstone is never going to move. It's not going to alter its position. It's not going to accept everybody. It will if you repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, right? You understand that? Praise God. Now, patience is to faith what a woman is to a man. Boy, I know that to be true, man. My wife is always keep, trying to keep me grounded, amen. Trying to keep me away from foolishness, amen. In her own way, she's providing strength to me. She's helping me. Praise God for our wives. So again, Patience is to faith. It's what keeps faith stable and strong, amen. And we don't want to alter in our faith, amen, no matter how small it is. Because if you have faith, it's a grain of a mustard seed, right? So it's not about how much, it's about what type. It's the God kind of faith that we're looking for, amen, that God is looking for. Shall he come and find faith in the earth? Is he going to see a people that are continuously believing and trusting and relying and hoping on their God and his word? So now, decoys to your faith attract the soulish realm. Anything that, that, that distracts you from that holy nation, royal priesthood, mindset, and spirit, amen, is going to distract you and keep you away from God, right? Love not the world, the cosmos, neither the things that are in the cosmos. For if the love of the cosmos is in you, then the love of the Father is not with you. You won't understand that significance that you have in the Father, and that love that God has for you and me and the sons of God and daughters of God, this royal nation, this chosen generation, this priesthood of God, right? This peculiar treasure. You won't be able to comprehend and see that because you're distracted. Now in Luke 21, 19, the scripture says, In your patience possess ye your souls. And Jesus described to him about many things that are going to take place. Let me go read that real quick. Luke 21, 19. We're just going to read a few scriptures back. All right, we'll start with verse 10. And then said he unto them, Nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. Right? And great earthquakes shall be in diverse places, and famines, and pestilence, and fearful sights. And great signs shall there be from heaven. But before all these, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake, says the Lord. It shall turn to you for a testimony, glory to God, a witness of your love and your strength of God in your heart and your life. Amen. Settle it therefore in your hearts not to meditate before what you shall hear. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. And ye shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and kinsfolk and friends some of you they shall cause to be put to death. And ye shall be hated for all men for my name's sake. But there shall not an hair of your head perish, glory to God, because you are eternal. And, there shall, and then he says, 
in your patience possess your soul. In your constancy, you're going to stay stabilized. Amen. Faith is going to stay stable. You're not going to be rocked around because you're trusting the chief cornerstone, you see. You're not going to be stumbling. You're not going to be involved in, in falling over, amen, if you will. You're going to stay and maintain because you're standing on the foundation. You're being constant. Amen. Mm. All right. Now, the scripture says that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. The word perfect, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Let me look that up real quick. Perfect and entire. Amen. In James 1 4, right? Let's look at that real quick. James chapter 1, verse 4. So again, my brethren, verse 2, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this that the trying of your faith worketh constancy. The trying of your faith worketh energizes patience. Let me double check that. Verse 3. The trying of your faith. I'm sorry, it's the katergazomai to work fully, patience. Fashions and accomplishes hopomony, consistency. But let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. You see, the sons of God, the daughters of God are not wanting anything. In other words, they're not behind in any good thing of the Lord. And any perfect thing of God because they keep trusting in the Lord. So the word perfect there is the word complete or a full age, whole and entire. And then it comes perfect and entire is the word perfectly sound, complete in every part. Wanting nothing that is having no wants in need of nothing. Glory to God. Now, in Matthew 7, 24. All right, Matthew 7, 24. Through 27. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken unto him, him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Alright? Now, for the sake of time, I'm just going to go over that real quick. So, when a pressure is applied to the soulless realm, patience is a spiritual force that greatly affects the soul, right? So, when the pressure comes, we see what type of individual we have, right? When you see the character of the individual what it's forged from. And if it's forged from corruption, it's going to break down. You see? But if it's forged, amen, the character is forged. Forged is, you know, you, you put that hot metal on that anvil and you pound it, right? And you bust it down until you get the shit that you need. Well, character has to be formed that way. It has to be impressed. It has to be pounded on, right? Before you can make that image. Amen? So when the... <clears throat> When the pressure comes, we see whether the individual that we're dealing with or the individual's right pressure comes, we see what seed they're from. And as you see in the world, right, all the chaos and confusion that the body of Christ is involved in, all the chaos and confusion that the world is, we already know where the world is coming from, right? And But the point is, is that because of the pressure, everybody's breaking down. They don't know what to do. They don't know who to trust. So they go to themselves and they're stumbling, right? They keep falling, they keep tripping because they're involved in their own self-righteousness. They didn't receive that stone of stumbling, that rock that is now a rock of offense to them. So James 1.3 talks about the, the trying of your faith, right? The trying of your faith worketh, amen, patience. Patience, glory to God. Patience, constancy, 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 glory to God. So when the rains came and the floods, the rains descended, the floods came and the winds blew, the house that was built that's built itself on corruption, right? Things that decay, corruptible seed, it blew away. But the house that stood on the rock, it remained and it stayed because it's on the rock, which is Jesus. Amen. So the evil day of pressure, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. Amen. 
Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand, therefore, glory to God. So this evil day, man, that's a constant out there, because the enemy is constantly seeking to trip up the saints, all right? Amen. Constantly accusing the brethren through their all, through the accuser of the brethren comes from people. See? If I start speaking evil of a brother or sister, that's me operating the principle of Satan. So that's what you need to understand. He's not out there. Ah, uh, look at look at this, 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 this. He's right here inside. In that throne room. He's got that topos place in our lives. And he's got us moving in the carnal man, the corruption. So Satan comes to take away the word sown in your hearts, right? Mark 4 15. The pressure, test, trial, temptation is applied to the soulish realm. Satan's decoy is the circumstances, the pain, the bills, the doubt, the evil reports, the threats, the challenge, the unbelief, etc. Faith is for your spirit, man. Patience is for the soul. Satan uses direst temptations as decoys to draw your attention away from your position of faith in God's word unto the soulish realm of circumstances. So James 1.14 talks about when you're drawn away of your own lust and enticed, right? James 1.14 talks about, but every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. You see, the only reason that, that you're going after it is because that seed of corruption is in your life. You haven't dealt with this thing. You haven't put the root, the axe to the root, in other words. You haven't cut the root down, which is you, the enemies. Now, the scripture says in Mark 4 and Matthew 13, 21, that afflictions and persecutions arise for the word's sake, right? Mark, Matthew 13, 21. Matthew 13, 21. Praise God. Yet have no root in himself, but endureth for a time when tribulations or persecutions arise for the word's sake, by and by he is offended. See there? That corruptible seed that's in your heart overrode that incorruptible, and now that seed is cast out. Mm. Faith does not need experience. The soulish realm does. You need to be able to come to that place where you constantly trust God. And the only way you're going to do it is stay stable and patient, constant. Faith already is substance and evidence. All the proof of your experience faith needs is God's word. Amen. That's why the enemy comes for that word. Now in your patience, possess you, your souls. The word possess here is to get, to acquire, to own, to control. Now, Luke 8.13, right? <clears throat> They on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root for a while, believe, and in time of temptation fall away. You see? In the time of temptation, they believe for a while. It's a type, well, they believe for a while, right? And then all the pressure comes and we slide away from the Lord. So the mind, the will, and the emotion, the soul of a man must stay stable and strong in the word. And you must maintain constancy. This is how you gain mastery over your soul. Patience stabilizes your thoughts, will, or determination, and emotions. Now, you will be tested with the very thing that you are believing for. The ability, the activity and ability of hopomene, the trying of your faith worketh patience. The trying is the word dokimenion, testing, proving, trial. And in 1 Peter 1.7, Right? That the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Now, this word found, uh, I'm sorry, this word, the trial of your faith, is the same word here that the trial of your faith worketh patience. It's the word dokimenion, which again is the testing, the proving, the trial. So what's being tried is your faith, right? But the point is, is that it worketh. It, the, the patience worketh. Again, uh, how does it say in James again? 1 chapter 2, James 1, 2. Hmm. 1, 3, knowing this is the trying of your faith, worketh patience. The word worketh here, 
Desamoy is to work fully to accomplish to finish the fashion. So when something's being fashioned, that means it's being formed. So it's forming and, and fashioning your patience, your hope, your consistency. Why people fear the testings of their faith? Why? Because they're not sure of what they believe. Malachi 3 verse 10. Mm. Malachi 3 verse 10. Bring all ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open to you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. You know, while I, while we're talk, while I'm, while I read that, I want to, I read, I, I was listening to something, a video, and uh, these guys were talking about tithing, right? We have to understand here something. First of all, you know, you need to know where you're sowing. Right? You need to be sown in the Boaz field, the place where God has you. And then <clears throat> the place that he has chosen for you. Let me rephrase that. And then on the other side, we need to understand that Abraham paid, Abram paid tithes to Melchizedek before Moses. That's it. That settles it right there about that whole issue. Now, 1 Thessalonians 5.21, prove all things. That means hold them fast. Don't let them go, amen. First Thessalonians 5.21. Let me look at that one. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Now, the word hold fast here is the word hold it down. Prove is the word to approve it, to test it. You see, you've got to check these things that are going on around you and what you're hearing and listening to, whether it's of God or not. Now, Romans 12, 2 talks about that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We should never fear when it comes time to prove God's word, but rather rejoice because we know it will work. Jesus, the word, was tested, tried, and proven. Now your faith is to be proven, whether you believe in me or not, says the Lord. Now, James chapter 1, uh, let's see here, it says verse 3, but I don't know if that's right. Knowing this is the trial of your faith, I think it's verse 14. Yeah, verse 14. I'm sorry, that's the typo. James 1, 14. But every man, when he is tempted, is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. You see? So you can't say that God is doing this in your life. Look what God is doing. No. He's allowing you to be tried and to see whether you're going to come forth in the glory of God by staying and maintaining oversight of your soul and of your mouth, if you will. So Jesus in Luke chapter 4 he was tempted for 40 days of the devil. And every time, he brought him the word. Amen. The word, the word, the word. Praise God. But that word came forth out of his heart and his mouth. That's why you must put the word in your life over and over and over. Keep hearing it. Keep studying it. Keep going over it. Keep praying it. Keep proclaiming it. Keep prophesying. Praying the Holy Ghost as the, as the scripture, as the Holy Ghost quickens you in that word. That's what you bring forth. Amen. Bring the life of God. Bring it into the earth. Amen. Loose it. Mark 4, 17 talks about her afterward when afflictions or persecutions arise for the word's sake. Satan comes immediately to take away the word. Ephesians 6, 13, withstand in the evil day. Who's the one that's bringing the evil day? Satan and demons. John 10, 10 talks about the thief comes out before to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Amen. But I am come that they might have Zoe, that you might have Zoe and have it abundantly, more abundantly. Life of God, amen. Not eternal life, Although we're gonna, everything's eternal, that's not the emphasis. The emphasis is that it's the life of God that you're eternally experiencing day in and day out of your lives. Again, Mark 4.15, Satan comes immediately to take away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now, Isaiah 59. Praise God. 59, 19. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. And who is the standard, glory to God? Who is Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner? Amen. That standard is what rises you up in your spirit, man, and you begin to... Proclaim the word, amen. 
You begin to bring life and breath to that spirit, precious word of God. Amen. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are Numa and they are Zoe. That life of God, amen, is what comes forth. The words, the rhemas that come forth and are triggered by your spirit, amen. These are the words, amen, that cast up and lift up a standard, glory to God. Amen. Against the devil. Against the enemy. Praise God. <sighs> Praise God. And the Redeemer shall come to Zion and unto them that turn from the corruptible seed in Jacob, saith the Lord. For as for me, this is my covenant with, me, with them, saith the Lord. My spirit that is upon thee and my words which I put in thy mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, seed, saith the Lord, from henceforth and forever. Amen. We're getting trained now in the kingdom of God. We're understanding discipleship. We're understanding the way of God and how to maintain our souls. But guess what? This is going to be eternally how we live our lives. Praise God. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for this tremendous opportunity to bring forth your words of life to your people, Father. I pray, Lord God, that they have heard the words, Father, that they've heard in the good ground. Satan, I bind you in your evil perversions, amen, that would come to seek to take the word, to take the seed out of our lives. Every evil scheme and every plan that you purposed against the people of God, I rebuke you, Satan. In Jesus' name, no, no, no weapon that has been formed against the people of God shall prosper. Every evil, wicked tongue that's risen up against us, Father, we condemn those tongues. And we prove them to be wrong, Father. For this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and the righteousness is of me, says God. Thank you, Lord God, for those that are partaking today and those that will partake in the future, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.